Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. I'm your host, SK Vaughn. This is a community of women supporting women. Each week, we'll hear from ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We'll cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you're a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. So buckle up, girlfriend. Let's do this. Elizabeth Koch is a senior presidential management associate at the Estee Lauder Companies in New York, New York. Prior to joining corporate America, Elizabeth graduated with her Bachelor of Communications in Public Relations from Mississippi State University in 2016 and received her Master of Integrated Marketing from New York University in 2018. She is social media savvy and passionate about the prestige beauty industry. Her love of social media and beauty are married in her current role on the Estee Lauder Global Consumer Engagement and Social Media Team. In her free time, she loves to travel and explore. Lizzie's bucket list goal is to travel to all 50 states and seven continents. Welcome to the podcast, Lizzie. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So I like to start things off on the Ladies Who Lead podcast with how are you surviving this week and how are you thriving? So while you're kind of thinking through that, I'll kick us off. So how am I surviving this week? Great question. So it was a great morning. I felt so great about my outfit, wearing some white skinny jeans. Again, this is a little more casual work environment with a nice top. And I was actually like 30 minutes early for work, which if you know me, this never happens. It's a pretty big deal for me. Something I actively like I'm trying to work on is getting places on time. And I was just really feeling myself. I was in the car. I was ready to have a really great day. I was trying to talk on the phone and turn up the volume of the phone on my speaker. Right when I did that, I hit a bump. And of course, the coffee that I had in my hand went flying all over my outfit. I was halfway to work. I ended up realizing I can't, I can't salvage this, this look. Like there's no way it's definitely coffee all over white pants. So I literally had to turn it around and head all the way back home. And, um, I made it to work like barely on time. Um, I'm not really sure how I made it there, but it was a close call. And so that is how I'm surviving this week. But despite having it all perfectly together on the outside, it's those kind of moments make me realize at least that no girl, you really don't have it all together. It's a good humbling moment. <laughs> and so how am I thriving this week? Well, um, this is kind of a fun fact about me and it's definitely not like a work thing, but I'm just going to put it out there. So fun fact is I'm like allergic to ear piercings. And so I rarely get to wear really cute earrings because I cannot wear uh, true earrings where like pierces through your ear. And so I'm kind of like a, a grandma, if you will, and shout out to all the people out there who are earring clip on wearers, shout out to you. Um, it's a hard world out there. There are not very many options. And so for you to look cute and be on trend and wear clip-ons, it's just not a thing. And so I randomly found some really cute earrings that I learned how to convert uh, to clip-ons this weekend. And I am rocking my new pair of earrings today. I just feel so put together while I'm talking to you today, Lizzie, and went to work. And it's all because of a great pair of earrings. Who knew? So that's how I'm currently surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Lizzie? I love it. 
Um, <laughs> I think that you have definitely given uh, entrepreneurs uh, an idea for a niche market with the clip-on earrings. Um, but so for me, surviving, I am a shameless shopaholic. Like I will put it out there. I know that I am, which, you know, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. I 100% do, and I am fully aware of it. So I am sometimes a bit of an emotional shopper. And so I've been doing a lot of shopping lately because, you know, you work at home all day, you're cooped up in the house, like you just kind of have a lot of time on your hands. Working from home is great, but you know, it also has its downsides and that's one of them. In your free time, you just do a lot of shopping. So I placed an order with Nordstrom and I was so excited about it. I've been wanting this new coffee pot for years and I finally just bit the bullet and ordered it. And so yesterday I got a notification that it had been delivered while I wasn't at home. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm going to come home to my new coffee pot. I can get it all set up. Like, it's going to be great. And I get home and it's it's not there. I was like, huh, that's weird. You know, Norm, Nordstrom's normally like really on top of their game. So I go back to my email and I'm looking at the confirmation and everything. And I realized that uh, I have not shipped it to the right address. So thankfully Nordstrom has like the best customer service in the entire universe like I will say that every day for the rest of my life like I swear by Nordstrom I like did their you know customer service chat they actually were so nice and understanding of me you know just kind of making a mistake and not changing my or updating my address. They gave me like a total refund and let me reorder it, which thank goodness, because I was going to be really sad uh, because I shipped it to my old apartment and literally have no way of getting in contact with the people that live in my live there now. So it just, it would have been a disaster if I couldn't actually get my hands on it. So that's how I'm surviving. Thriving. I'm really just looking forward to this long weekend at our company. They're super nice. And every time we have like a Monday off for a holiday, they normally give us a half day on the Friday. But last year with COVID as like um, a way to kind of help us with our mental health, they gave us an extra day called a reset day. And they've carried that over to this year. So I think it's going to be like an ongoing thing to kind of kick off the summer every year. Um, so we actually have a half day on Thursday and then we're off Friday and Monday. So I have a super long weekend that I'm pumped about. Uh, no plans, but just really excited to hang out and not worry about work. So, yeah. Ugh, I need to steal that for mine. I'm, I'm all about <laughs> a long weekend with family and friends. So good for Bye. you. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be nice. Yeah. So kind of diving in a little bit. Tell us about your experience growing up in a small town like Tupelo, Mississippi, and really launching your career in New York City with Estee Lauder. Like, how does that even happen? Kind of walk us through that. So I have been obsessed with New York since I was like, as long as I can remember. My mom actually worked in New York um, until I guess I was like six. So I was always 
super familiar with New York because of that. And then when I was in, I guess, like fifth or sixth grade, my dad t- actually took me for the first time. And we used to go after that, we went every year. Uh, and that's like where my love kind of began. And ever since then, or as I was growing up, I was like, I'm, I'm going to live in New York one day. Like, I don't care what I have to do to get there. I'm going to live there. And so that was just kind of my mindset from then on out. And, um, I went to Mississippi state for undergrad, got my bachelor's in communications and public relations. And after that, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm ready for the real world, but kind of not in my sophomore year of college. I actually got an internship, a summer internship with Estee Lauder working uh, a, a summer program that they do for their some of their executives. They bring executives from all over the world into a college in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. They actually take them to Bryn Mawr College, um, which is this really small private school. And they have a week of um, where they, it's like an educational executive coaching week. So they bring in professors from Harvard and Wharton and all these business schools and just have this seminar for the week um, where these executives have the opportunity to learn how to be a better leader. And so as a student coordinator, which is what I was at the time, we basically are camp counselors for these executives. We get to wake them up if they don't wake up in the morning for morning exercise. And we do all the behind the scenes work that made this program happen. So I had the opportunity to work on that program for five years, but all throughout undergrad during the summer. And after I graduated undergrad, they actually gave me an offer to work on the team full time. So because of that, I got to not only do Bryn Mawr, but they also do that program on a smaller scale at Oxford University um, in Oxford, England. So I got to, I got the chance to go to London and the UK for the first time, which was absolutely incredible. And I actually got to go three times uh, with, with this program specifically. But after I graduated with my bachelor's, I uh, decided that you know, I still wanted to further my education. I really didn't feel like I was prepared to do the job that I wanted to do. Um, At the time, Mississippi State's program was still kind of focused on old school marketing. And so, you know, it was great. I felt like I got a lot of the fundamentals, but in order for me to truly be successful, especially in such a competitive place like New York, I felt like I really needed to continue on to grad school. So I actually got into New York University and attended their integrated marketing program. So I did that for two years um, and graduated with my master's of integrated marketing in 2018. And after that, um, because of all of my interning with the company, um, I, you know, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then I applied for their CEO's presidential program or global presidential program, which is a two-year rotational program within the company. So over the past, because of COVID, my two years has been very much stretched out, but I have been in the program for three years or it will be three years in August. And during my time, I've gotten to do four, I'm currently on my fourth rotation 
hopefully my last, fingers crossed. But I've had the opportunity to work across a lot of our brands and functions, um, which has just really given me the chance to, you know, learn so much about the business, being in all of those different positions, which is a super unique opportunity for someone our age. And so that's, I guess that's kind of how I got my start and how I got involved with Estee Lauder and got to New York. No, I love that. That's really just eye-opening and really cool how New York has just always been a part of your plan. So out of all the different roles that you've had with Estee Lauder, and there's been many, which has been your favorite and, and why was it your favorite? Oh, that's, that's a tough question. All of my rotations have been so different. It's crazy because the way it's set up, we're in, in the rotational program, we're on a specific track. And so I'm on the consumer engagement track. So what that means is each of my rotations, although they may not be exactly the same, they're all going to fall under that consumer engagement umbrella. So for instance, my first rotation was public relations and comms, but it was for a specific function. So it was for travel retail worldwide, which was doing the PR and comms for all of our brands in that function, which is travel retail is all of the stores um, in our airport and like downtown stores. So duty free, essentially. Um, My second rotation was at Becca Cosmetics. So on the, and it was, it was also consumer marketing or it was consumer marketing. So not only was it a different, I guess, focus, it was on a very niche indie brand. So very much a startup feel, um, all hands on deck at all times, but it was awesome because I really got the opportunity to do a lot, uh, being that our team was so small. But it also was just so much fun being on an indie brand because it, you know, that's what's trendy. That's what's fun. That's what all, that's what everybody our age is looking at. Like those are the brands that we're more familiar with, I guess. Um, And I just really loved the brand to begin with. So having the opportunity to work on that brand was incredible. Um, and then my third rotation was back in travel retail, but this side on the, this time on the brand side. So I was on the Mac cosmetics brand, but in travel retail. So it was a global travel retail role, um, doing consumer marketing, which because travel retail kind of also functions as a startup, essentially the teams are very small. Um, it again, had an opportunity to really kind of touch everything. Um, and I had an awesome manager who really like allowed me the opportunity to do so much, um, and working for, for her was just incredible. Um, so that was, that was an awesome experience as well. Um, and then my current rotation is Estee Lauder Global Consumer Marketing. So I guess looking back, all of my rotations were on smaller teams, and this is the first one that's really on a larger scale. So not only am I global consumer marketing, but because the brand is so big, we focus on, we have teams that focus on specific products. So like my 
consumer marketing team or consumer engagement team, for instance, only focuses on um, advanced night repair, which is our serum. And so everything I do involves advanced night repair. But at the same time, I'm actually kind of in a hybrid role where I'm doing that. But in parallel, I'm working with the social team. So a lot of what I do with the social team is working on like social caption copy that you see on Instagram or doing um, looking at like what new platforms are coming out, what's trending on TikTok and different things like that. So it's fun in this, in the current role that I'm in, just kind of having a balance of strategy, but also the fun, you know, digital and social experience. I don't know that I can honestly narrow it down to a favorite because there have been things that I've loved about all of my roles. And I, I couldn't necessarily say that I liked one better than the other, honestly, which I know that's like really dumb, but to be honest, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't say that I liked any of them more than the other. There are definitely, you know, in any role, there are going to be things you don't love doing, but thankfully I've had the opportunity to work for incredible people and really get to experience a lot in, in each of my rotations. Yeah. That's awesome. I myself went through like a rotation company and it's literally the best experience. Um, yeah. so I think that's really neat that you got to cross train and just really see the business from all sides. I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely unique perspective. You have to learn so much faster because you're only in each position for six months. Um, so there's definitely a swift learning curve, but I think because of that, like it pushes you to work so much harder because you have such a small span of time to really make an impact. And so um, I think that that's, that's really just driven me to work harder than I would have it if I were just working like in a, in a normal role. Yeah. And so what is the major difference between consumer marketing versus like a global marketing perspective? I think this is really interesting because uh, I'm a marketing uh, like nerd. So I enjoy these kind of conversations. Yeah. So if you're not, you can just skip <laughs> to the next question y'all. But uh, I just have to ask, what is the major difference between the two? In my current role, my current role is a global role. So I'm working on the global Estee Lauder brand. So if there's a new product coming out, my team comes up with the overarching strategy that goes behind it. So we're coming up with, you know, we're creating the assets, we're creating everything that goes on social, online, um, PR, comp, like everything that encompasses a product launch our global team is developing that. We then come up with everything that we develop. We create a strategy that is for the entire product launch. Once we have that created, we then present it to the markets. So like local market. So North America, for instance, let's say we have a new product launch and we present something to our North America team or we present it to all of our teams. But North America, for example, will then take that strategy and they can tailor it to their markets. So, for instance, what works in North America isn't going to work in China. 
necessarily. So it's up to those local markets to do what's going to work for them to really drive the business um, and reach the consumer in, in their market. Um, so explain to us your experience, you know, moving to New York City and then, you know, working for Estee Lauder. What were some hard lessons you've learned along the way? I mean, moving to New York, you know, I like I said, it was something I had literally dreamed about my entire life, but I'll never forget. And actually, two days ago was the anniversary of me moving, which is crazy that it's been five years you're never ready for it. I had said forever, like, I'm moving to New York. That's what I want to do. And I was, and like, I was super excited about it, but no matter what, like, there's still that part of you that's like, oh my gosh, am I doing the right thing? Like I literally picked up and left everything I'd ever known my entire life. I like, I left all of my friends and family and that's terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It was lonely and it was hard. Like you move and you have to start all over, but I can honestly say it was worth every bit of it. When kids that are graduating from college, like when they ask me for advice, that's one of the main things that I always tell them is like, just go for it because you're never going to know unless you try. And if you put your mind to it, you're going to get there. Like, yes, I did not end up doing what I thought I was going to do. Like, honestly, I thought I was going to be in the fashion industry. And looking back now, I wouldn't trade the beauty industry for the world. Like that is where my passion is. Things aren't always going to go the way you plan. Like you can come up with a perfect roadmap, but that roadmap isn't always going to lead you to where you want to go in that exact order. One of the biggest things I learned or I have learned is work-life balance, especially over the past year. I've definitely had to do a check on my mindset. Um, Living in New York, like it's such a fast-paced environment. And until I came, until I like stepped out of that world for a while, I didn't realize how much of my life was work. And we're young, like we're only 27 years old. Like, yes, our life is, is essentially work. Like we're obviously majority of us don't have the luxury of not working at this point in time, but it also shouldn't be 90% of our life. We have the rest of our lives to work. And I think going to New York, like, I mean, I worked all throughout grad school. Like I would work during the day and go to class at night. I didn't take summer classes so that I could work all summer. And it's great. Like, I'm so glad that I did that because honestly, yes, school is awesome. I learned so much, but you're going to learn more being in a job. It's all about like actually being hands-on, especially for me. Like I learned better being hands-on rather than in a classroom. Um, but you know, looking back, I missed out on so much because I let work drive everything that I did. Thankfully, I work for a company that really instills work-life balance in us. And over the past year has really 
doubled down on that and given us the, given us tools, just like our, our reset day, for instance, you know, I'm so fortunate to have a company that considers our, our mental health. And, um, I think that especially given COVID, like it's given everybody an opportunity to kind of reevaluate. And so there are days that, yes, I'm working from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. And that's going to happen. But on the days that I don't have to, I'm giving myself the grace to, you know, take a break. Like you're at home. So you're automatically prone to work more hours and not take a lunch break. But yes, I may eat lunch at my desk. But I'm also giving myself the opportunity to go run an errand or go for a walk. Just take an hour to just step away from the computer and prioritize yourself because I promise it will make all the difference in the world. And I, you know, that's something that I'm still learning because I have a tendency to not do that. But I think over the past year, work-life balance has really been the biggest thing that that I've been, been learning about. And then the second, this kind of feeds into the do what you love and love what you do. You're going to spend the majority of your life working. And so if you're not doing something that you're actually passionate about and that you enjoy, you're going to be miserable. Um, I've been so fortunate to have the opportunity to do something that I love right off the bat. And that doesn't happen for a lot of people. Um, you know, graduating from college, most people are just trying to get a job in general. And most likely they're not going to stay in that job forever. It's going to be something they do for a couple of years and then move on. But I've been so lucky to actually do something that I love so much and that I'm passionate about. Um, And so I think that's something definitely for anyone that's applying to a job just to kind of consider like, are you doing it because you enjoy it or are you doing it because of something else? Um, And obviously, yes, there are always going to be other things that you have to consider, but you should really consider yourself and the fact that you spend the majority of your life working. And so making sure that you're doing something that you love is so important. Wow. And I think it's so relatable, especially just in the everyday hustle and bustle of, of what we do. And it's nice that you have a job that also values you as an individual enough to let you take that time. And I think for those listening, if, if your workplace does not extend that grace to you and let you have, um, even an hour to yourself just to regroup and recharge, then it might be worth reevaluating some things, but I think to your point, Lizzie, like it's, it's easier said than done at times where it's like today, I'm going to prioritize myself because I I hate to admit it because it's probably the the last phrase I'm ever saying. Um, I'm too worried about everyone else and everything else that sometimes it's hard to, to carve out time for yourself. You know, what are some ways that you carve out time, um, during the day or during the weekend to really just reset and recharge? What are like your go-to's? Um, well, I am a travel freak. So anytime someone gives me the opportunity to go somewhere, like that's what I'm going to do. I don't care if it's a day trip, if it's a long weekend trip, like that is how I relax. Um, but I guess in my day to day, my, I have 
become a morning person, which I never thought that I would say. Um, and so I, I guess, I guess when I started working, I kind of forced myself to become a morning person and I go to the gym. I try to go every single morning during the work week, just because I can just tell such a difference when I start my day like that. Like I try not to check my phone before I go. I don't check it while I'm at the gym. Like it's just time for me. I listen to my music or I listen to a podcast and it just gives me an opportunity to kind of set the tone for my day. And I think that's been one of one of the biggest things for me. Um, But definitely just finding finding time to spend with friends and family, even if it's just a couple of hours, like working from home, something that has been so important for me is just being able to go over to a friend's house for dinner at night or, you know, just go over and hang out before dinner or, hey, like, let's go to the mall for a couple of hours. Just little things like that to get yourself out of the house and spend time with people because it can be so isolating. Um, And so I think those have definitely been a couple of the things um, that have helped me. But for sure, travel is always going to be my number one. I love that you find creative ways like that just to kind of take your mind off of things. And it's funny, I was reading an article recently about like segmenters versus integrators. And it's all about like your, your personality and, and how you define your time when you're not at work. And so like for like segment Sally, I think about like the, the woman who has clear lines between work and life and like can turn it off and turn it on when she needs to, and can step away after working a certain amount of hours a week and just take time to be present with like family and friends. And then there's like the Ivy girl, who's like the integrator. And it's like all about it all being one big thing. So like not having like a work life separation, but like it, it being something that she's really passionate about and thinks about all the time. And it's really interesting how it's like linked to personalities. And so it's funny for myself. I don't know about you. I identify as like the Ivy girl who, who cannot turn it off when she needs to. It's just like a part of who I am for whatever reason I'm working on it. Ladies, I promise I'm working on it, (laughs) but it's easier said than done. So where do you feel like you fall? Are you more like a Sally or more like an Ivy in terms of like your, your work-life balance? I think I'm more of a Sally. If you would have asked me that a year ago, I think I went a hundred percent would have said Ivy, but now working from home for a year, like, I think I would be more of a Sally. So I think that's really cool that you're able to define those clear lines and, and be present with the people that you love the most. I think that's really cool. All right. We have a few more questions just to wrap up, but I always like to ask this question because everyone has a different metric for success and like what they feel like success is for them. How would you define success for yourself? I love this question because I think that for me, it's been, it's been a battle. I am known for beating up on myself, especially when it comes to school and now my career. I definitely let the little things get the best of me. I've really had to have a shift in mindset and that's not always easy for me. If something happens at work and it's my fault, like 
I'm going to beat myself up over it, even if it was something so small that like my manager wasn't even concerned about. But I just have a tendency to do that because I'm such a perfectionist in everything that I do. I've definitely had to, or a day, it's a daily struggle, like having to shift that mindset. And so something that I've been trying to do more is just like leaning into the little victories. So that could be something. And for me, I'm a, I'm a to-do list girl, love a good to-do list. For me, it's become just checking off things on my to-do list during the day. Like, Like that is a win. And so I think it's, I've definitely had to learn like success is going to look different for everybody. And, you know, I think growing up in such a small town, we grew up with a very narrow version of what success was. Being in New York has just really opened my eyes to so much more. And not that, not that, you know, the people that we grew up around weren't successful. It's just very different. And, um, I think I really let that get to me, um, because I thought that my life should be a certain way at this point in time. Like I'm 27 years old. I just thought my, thought my life needed to look very different, but that is not the case. Like I am successful even though I don't give myself the credit for it all the time. Um, And so I think just having that shift in mindset um, and realizing that like I'm successful in my own right and taking the time to, um, you know, celebrate the small things in my day to day, because you're not, you're not going to get a promotion every day. You're not going to have some life altering moment every day. So finding something in your day-to-day that you can consider a win or a success, I think is the biggest thing. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a really great point when thinking about like, what is success? And I think that's really cool. I'm a big to-do lister too. So I get a real thrill. It's really kind of sick out of crossing (laughs) out my to-do list. So you're in good company. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you've traveled around a lot with work for fun. What has been your favorite place to visit while on a work trip? And and why was it your favorite stop along the way? I think my favorite place to visit on a work trip would have to be Mallorca, Spain. My team went, I guess, two years ago now. My team at the time, they do this big uh, meeting with all of their teams from around the world. And they bring them into one location and they always do it somewhere different every year. Since all of them work in different places, they try to do it somewhere that's, I guess, kind of centrally located, but not really because no matter what, like somebody's going to have to travel. We got the chance to go to Mallorca and it was so nice to just like get out of the office, even though we were there for work, like we were in meetings, you know eight to five or nine to five, but there was a change of scenery and it gave us an opportunity to meet all of our global partners, which was so cool. At the time I was very new to the team. And so I really only knew our team in New York. And so it was incredible to have that chance to meet everybody from 
our APAC team and our UK team and actually put a face to the name because I had seen their names on emails, but like, and been on calls with them, but I'd never actually had the chance to meet them. And so that was really, really neat. Um, I think it definitely like changes the dynamic too, because you know, I guess it kind of gives you a chance to learn how to better communicate with those people. And once you have a face to the name, like, I don't know, it just adds a better sense of community. And so that was really neat. But, you know, we would do our meetings during the day and then at night we would have some sort of activity. So like we went to a really cool dinner one night, we went to a winery, we went to like on a boat cruise. And so it was nice to like, yes, we worked hard all day long, but then we got to do something that was like team building and it was such an incredible experience. Um, and the fact that I got to go for work was just outrageous. Like that's unheard of, honestly, especially at our age. I feel like that you don't really get to travel as much. Um, and so it was such a great, great opportunity and something I will never forget. That is so cool. Ugh. I'm living vicariously through you and following along on social. <laughs> that's really cool. So now it's time for the leading ladies we love rapid fire game drum roll please so basically all we're going to do is i'm going to list a couple of different adjectives that uh, best describe women who are doing just amazing things that you think of and you want to shout out their name this is kind of their plug to kind of give them some some love and appreciation just a quick snippet of who they are and we'll keep it moving are you ready yeah as ready as i'm gonna be <laughs> all right let's do it First word is leader. I'm gonna have to give a shameless plug to my mom. She is she is a vice president at Estee Lauder and she is such an incredible leader and I've had the opportunity to see her do what she loves for so long, but she's constantly inspiring people within the company and she is definitely the definition of a leader. I love that. Next word is fabulous. Oh man, I'm really bad at rapid fire. <laughs> Um, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I believe my friend Gabrielle, she graduated from FIT, so was living in the fashion world. And she is, I think, the most fabulous person that I know. Like, always direct to the dress to the nines. Um, definitely em embodies, embodies fabulosity. Next word is inspirational. My friend Peyton Allen or Peyton Allen Reed. I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever call my friends by their um, married names, so apologies. But she is such an inspiration to me and has been for so long. She sees something and she goes and gets it. And being able to be a part of her journey has just been such an honor and a privilege. But she, if you don't follow her on Instagram, she is literally, an inspiration, I think, to everybody that she comes in contact with. Next word is innovative. I guess um, one of my old managers, her name is Sabrina, and whenever our boss needed something, he was like her his go-to girl because she is so creative and can literally solve all the problems of the world. Last but not least, the word is trailblazer. 
Trailblazer would have to be my friend Nikki. She now lives in the UK and she leads the way for so many people in our industry. She is never afraid to be the leader of the pack. She's always going after what's new and accepts any challenge. Um, she has, she's definitely um, one of the main, I guess, reasons behind my drive because I have watched her get to where she is and it has been such an inspiration to me and definitely encourages me to be a trailblazer in everything that I do. Well, that ends the Leading Ladies We Love rapid fire game. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So it has been so much fun to just hang out, catch up and and really hear um, just so much wisdom in in what you've experienced and what you've um, grown through with Estee Lauder. Before we go, how can our listeners connect with you? What's your shameless plug? My shameless plug. Give me a follow on Instagram. It's lizzie.coke. Um, and if you want to add me on LinkedIn, feel free. I think it's just Elizabeth Coke, but yeah, thank you all so much. Thank you, SK. It's been awesome. And it's, I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. Like, this is so incredible. Um, and I can't wait to see how much it grows. Thank you for listening to another episode of the ladies who lead podcast. I'd like to give a special shout out to the one and only Memory Smith. Without her, our designs would not look half as great. She's helped us with our artwork to logo, everything else in between. So if you're interested in more of her design work, please head over to Instagram and look for at Memory Smith Design. Yes, Memory, M-E-M-O-R-Y Smith, S-M-I-T-H Design, all one word. And be sure to give her a like and a follow. If you're looking for all the tea and the behind the scenes scoop on all things Ladies Who Lead podcast, be sure to head on over to theladieswholead.com. That's right. All one word, theladieswholead.com. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn. 